Welcome to a new episode of the TBU Think Commercial Podcast. In this week's episode, we'll start by looking at Apple and Google's new contact tracing tool. We'll also look at and analyze the new Brexit talks that will begin this week and what could they mean for the future of Brexit itself. And then thirdly, we'll also talk about Unilever cutting fossil fuels from all of its cleaning products by 2030. So let's start by taking a look at the latest track and trace story that's concerning Apple and Google. So earlier this week, the two tech giants announced that they will be embedding a new contact tracing tool into smartphones instead of creating a whole new app. Now would be a great time to pause and check to see if you can spot the new feature. And if you haven't found this new feature or been altered to it by a new software download, it's probably because you don't live in an area where local health authorities have adopted it. Returning back to the story, you may remember that back in April, both companies collaborated to create a tool that would track the spread of coronavirus. This was done by designing a system that could sense and register any phone that comes close by to each other and would then send an alert if anyone caught the virus. Now I'll pass it on to Ginica, who'll dive deeper into the details of this story. Many thanks, Ludo. The first version of the system relied heavily on local health officials to create their own apps that users could download in order to make use of the function. The latest version, Exposure Notifications Express, launched earlier this week. What it does is that it sends users a notification when they've been in close contact with anyone who has coronavirus. But in case you're worried about your data possibly being at risk, you have nothing to fear as the feature is completely on an opt-in or opt-out basis, meaning that when you upgrade the software on your phone, you'll be given the option to opt-in to the Bluetooth contact tracing system. And if you do decide to opt-in, the onus will be on you as a user to log the fact that you have caught the virus. That's if you catch it, of course. The aim of the feature is to ensure that many people will adopt it due to the ease of having it on the phone without needing to go to the app store and having to download it. The other aim is to, of course, contain the spread of the virus. Since its launch, up to 20 countries have been involved. Unsurprisingly, there has been some skepticism with regards to data privacy and how effective the feature could be, considering the fact that not everyone will opt in. In terms of privacy, back in July, some users' countries expressed concerns over the device location setting requirements on Androids being possibly used to identify private data in spite of the company's promises. However, Google denied that any data was being shared with third parties and later upgraded the system's settings to reflect this. Apple and Google have also said that they are not relying on the majority to download the feature in order for it to be effective, citing an Oxford research. Professor Christoph Fraser at Oxford University stated that they had been examining the different app uptake levels and had noticed that contact tracing apps in the UK and the US had the potential to reduce the number of COVID-19 casualties. When linking this back to a law firm, think about how a law firm acting for both Apple and Google could protect them from being exposed to any liability or data breaches. Discuss how users' terms and conditions would need to be ironclad in order to avoid such incidents. Also take note of the fact that the two tech giants have now increased their offerings and for a good cause. It will be interesting to see how effective the new feature actually is. But till then, it's back to you Ludo.
There are growing fears that Brexit negotiations are coming to a standstill, with both sides blaming the other for an inability to budge on certain issues. Now one issue which is becoming a sticking point is the issue of state aid, where governments give a particular company an advantage by modifying certain codes to suit that company, or by providing that company with state resources. In October, the EU and the UK are set to meet at an important summit that will either make or break whether the UK ends its transition at the end of 2020 with a trade deal. Now, let's hear from Robert, our European correspondent, for more insights into this story. Earlier this year, Prime Minister Boris Johnson came out to say that he is looking to secure a trade deal with the EU ahead of the transition period ending on December the 31st. However, actions speak louder than words and successive negotiation rounds haven't yet resulted in a deal with each side claiming the other is unwilling to compromise. The topics which are causing the biggest headaches for negotiators are access to the UK waters by EU fishermen and vice versa, a lack of legal guarantees that the UK will maintain the same environmental standards as the EU, and there is also no agreement on state aid. Talks are set to resume in the week beginning September 7th in London, with some on the EU side stressing the importance of this newest round of negotiations in securing a trade deal. But the topic of state aid is a particularly important topic for many businesses because it involves the government actively intervening in the economy. This is currently outlawed in the EU, as evidenced by the EU going against Ireland for its particularly friendly tax system. The prospect of the government becoming actively involved in the economy through state aid is a danger to the EU as it seeks to maintain a level playing field with the UK in exchange for access to its single market. In mid-October, we will see an incredibly important summit for the future of the UK-EU relationship take place, where it is expected that either details of the deal will be finalised or a no-deal scenario is solidified. Whilst the transition period ends on December the 31st, the deal needs to be approved by the UK Parliament, the European Parliament and maybe even the individual parliaments of the 27 EU member states. With so many arrangements needing to be in place by the end of the year, it is easy to see why the UK and the EU need to finalise their plans for a trade deal months in advance of the transition period ending. So what is the effect of this news on businesses and on law firms? Well, it is not yet known what a future trade deal will look like, so law firms are on standby to digest the information that comes out of the October summit and to tell their clients how the newest information impacts their business. There are already fears among many business groups of the potential impact of a no-deal Brexit on providing goods and services, among which is the logistics sector, which just last week demanded to speak to the Chancellor of the Exchequer Rishi Sunak and the Cabinet Office Minister Michael Gove. If you are a law firm negotiating big contracts on behalf of your client which are set to be implemented in the next few months, it is normal to expect to include clauses that would limit the risk of the contract being breached as a result of a no-deal making delivery of services difficult. Some multinational companies are already moving operations out of London or making arrangements to shift their operations to the EU, with Credit Suisse coming out to say that some of their investment bankers are going to be switching to their Madrid office. Many finance firms have been moving some of their staff out of London and to cities like Paris and Frankfurt, which are already European centres for finance, and many Irish companies which do the majority of their trade with the EU are willingly closing their UK operations and moving them to the continent. As the stalemate over the terms of a future UK-EU trade deal continues, businesses will try and seek whatever certainty they can, which will involve moving their business out of the UK to maintain their access to the EU single market. 
With negotiations restarting in London in the week beginning September 7th, it is hoped that both sides will be able to find a solution to their deadlock regarding state aid, access to each other's waters for fishing and environmental protections. But for now, there is no guarantee that the UK will end the transition period with a trade deal with the EU. In further news this week, Unilever announced plans to eliminate fossil fuels in its cleaning products by the year 2030. This is part of the company's Clean Future initiative, which aims to fundamentally change the ways in which cleaning products affect the environment. With an increasing number of people becoming aware of the negative impacts of industry on the environment, it is interesting to see how some of the world's largest companies are responding to the planet's needs. I will now hand over to Beth, who will explore this story further. Thank you, Ludo. As a large multinational corporation owning more than 400 brands, from Marmite to Ben & Jerry's, Unilever has a particularly important role to play in tackling climate change. This is because when you consider the UN Sustainable Development Goals and the Paris Agreement, it is clear that large corporations will have to make these important commitments in order for targets to be reached, as individual contributions will not be enough. Having recognised this, Unilever has pledged to remove fossil fuels from its cleaning brands, including SIF and Domestos, and will invest $1 billion in this project. Having said that this type of chemical makes up around 46% of the product's carbon footprint, it is easy to see why making these changes has been regarded as such an essential step. This is particularly the case considering the increased demand for cleaning products following the COVID-19 outbreak, and as we adapt to life after lockdown, this is likely to remain the norm. As a result, it is more important than ever that these products are ethically sourced and do not cause further damage to the environment. It is thought that by moving away from these fossil fuels, Unilever will reduce the carbon footprint of the products by 20%, which is a positive step towards its aim of net zero emissions by 2039. Their Clean Future initiative aims to obtain carbon from a more diverse range of sources, including captured carbon, plant and biosources, marine sources and carbon sourced from waste. The intention behind this is that it will reduce the need for carbon to be removed from the ground, therefore operating in a more sustainable manner. So what's the impact of this? This story represents important progress in combating climate change as it demonstrates that large corporations and therefore their customers are willing to make positive changes for the sake of the planet. This investment also places a heavy importance on innovation as science and technology must be developed which allows renewable processes and materials to work as effectively as those generated from fossil fuels in order for their use to become widespread. When relating this to the work of law firms, there are a number of things to consider. Firstly, you could think about how firms and their clients are employing innovation and technological advancements to progress in their fields whilst protecting the environment around them. Not only can this offer social and financial benefits, but also has an impact on how a brand is perceived, therefore potentially attracting more clients in future. It is also worth considering how these techniques may change or create job roles in the energy sector. It is certainly positive to see corporations taking positive steps to protect the environment in the wake of COVID-19, and as a trend which is likely to be on the rise in years to come, this opens up a lot of commercial questions for you to consider. Back to you, Ludo. So as always, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, be sure to email us at businessupdate.team at gmail.com or on our social media pages. 
We look forward to hearing from you and we'll be more than happy to help you out. Aside from that, make sure you stay safe and stay commercially aware. Thank you from the TVO team.